What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez. This is going to be probably a quick little episode. I'm going to give some sound bites. I'm going to get into some other topics around the league. Uh, But there is something that I want to address before I start. I want to address the minor mistake that I made on the trivia section, that trivia segment on the last episode uh, for the mystery player, which was Kenny Lofton Jr. Um, Actually, when I gave the facts, right, like the hints to guess the player, one of those was not true. Um, I actually thought that Kenny Lofton had won the USA's MVP on that U19 FIBA roster. Um, It was actually Chet Holmgren that won the the U19 uh, MVP, right, for that World Cup. And I just want to read an article here um, that kind of uh, supports how I felt about Kenny Lofton when I was watching those FIBA games. Um, It says here, uh, and I quote it here, this is from sportingnews.com, right? This is the kind of, it's a website that covers a lot of sports and more importantly, it covers the USA run, right? So it says here, um, it was bizarre to see Holmgren named as tournament MVP when Lofton had clearly been the team's most exceptional and essential player in the tight victories over Canada in the semis and France in the final. Now, obviously, I wasn't the only person that thought that Kenny Lofton was so good for our USA team. Um, It's a little bit of a side note because I want to keep it 100 on this podcast. Um, I do want to correct myself if I make mistakes. And that was a minor one, right? Um, I gave a hint and I said that Kenny Lofton had won the MVP when clearly he didn't. Um, But everything else was true. He did not get drafted and he averaged the most points on on that USA roster. And a lot of people believe that he should have won MVP. Now, that doesn't that doesn't change that I was wrong about it, um, but I did want to address that before I start this episode. Make sure you guys are submitting your questions to atbpodmail at gmail.com. Once again, atbpodmail at gmail.com. I'm going to leave the link to the email in the show notes uh, so you guys can see it in case you're not hearing it well. And uh, yeah, side note, about that email. So I'm checking my email pretty consistently. I think I check it once a day. Um, I haven't really gotten any questions from you guys yet. Um, But so I'm looking through the emails, right? And I'm starting to get hyped because I see some emails coming in. So I'm rubbing my hands. You you hear the the hand rubbing, right? So I'm getting hyped. I'm excited. I'm thinking, yes, let's get some listener questions on here. And I start to see it's from a Middle Eastern prince that still needs money for his family, (laughs) right? The bot accounts that ask you for money, that tell you that the country is ruined or, or that their family is being attacked and that they have enemies and you know what I'm talking about, right? And I don't know if the Middle Eastern prince is a big fan of the show, if he's an avid listener if he is following the show, if he's subscribed to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you get the podcast. By the way, we are now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But without further ado, let's get right into this episode. So starting off this episode, I just want to say uh, I did mention earlier on this podcast um, on, on a prior episode that I would refrain from giving oversaturated content, right? Just the kind of things that you can just, uh, 
get anywhere, right? I, I want to refrain from providing that kind of content because I want this to be a place where you guys can hear just another angle, something different, right? Obviously, I can only do that so much because the content is what it is. When we hear news, you know, I, I have to kind of talk about it, right? But but I want to refrain from giving you guys the surface level stuff, right? Like 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 I said about the Lakers, I, I don't want to provide you guys ridiculous amounts of Laker content because we get enough of that, right? The Lakers suck. They're still on the news. The Lakers are good. Obviously, they're on the news. So I don't want to be that podcast that that talks about the same things that you see all over TV, right? Because what value is that? I mean, you could literally just go to ESPN and watch that instead of listen to me. So what I try to do is provide you guys just more detail, right? Like another angle, something that can give you guys a little more information, right? Like it's, it's just everything is so basic on TV because obviously the programs aren't that long and, you know, they kind of got to keep it moving with the topics. So nonetheless, I am providing you guys um, a couple of sound bites from Lakers head coach Darvin Ham. Um, and he gives his uh, kind of like a, his approach to what he's going to do with this Laker team that he is now going to be coaching. And he talks about three words. He appears on All the Smoke, which is a podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. It's an awesome podcast. I highly recommend you guys watch it. It's a very laid back, uh, kind of authentic conversation environment, right? It's, it's, it's like it goes away from the politically correctness, right? They just have a conversation, right? That's what I love about that podcast. And that's what I love about a lot of NBA players podcasts like the, Gray Mo- the Draymond Green show, um, you know, the Gilbert Arenas, the No Chill podcast, the Old Man in the Three with JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter. That's an awesome podcast. Uh, probably my favorite one, if I'm being honest, is that JJ Reddick podcast. Um, I think number two, as far as NBA player podcasts, would probably be the Knuckleheads podcast. Uh, I highly recommend those podcasts. If you guys have not listened to those, you get a lot of gems. Um, the Knuckleheads podcast is with uh, Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson. Uh, highly recommend you guys listen to any of those. They're awesome. What other show? The Vince Carter Show is another one that's, it's okay. You know, I'm not crazy about it, but it's still new, you know, so so it's a growing pod. But pods like that, right, where these NBA players are just getting getting us, uh, you know, some some looks, right, behind the closed doors, right, they kind of behind the curtain, right, is really what what the term is, so I like that, and so we get these three words from Darvin Ham that I'm going to play for you, okay, that he talks about on these podcasts, the first clip is going to be from All the Smoke, right, where he tells these guys that he preaches these three words to the Laker franchise, competitiveness, togetherness, and accountability, sounds good, right, it sounds awesome, okay, now let's go ahead and play that for you guys, and uh, hold everybody accountable because those are three words I stand on and live by. Gotcha. It's going to be even more so with this team. Competitiveness, togetherness, and accountability. Mm-hmm. Same with Russ and AD. Yeah. Like, I'm thrilled to coach Russ. Yeah. 
So you heard a little bit of Darvin Ham talking about those three words, right? Competitiveness, togetherness, and accountability. Sounds awesome, right? Let me go ahead and, and, and play you the next audio clip of Darvin Ham also on the Vince Carter Show. So if you could put it into definitive words that you hope for, given the roster that you have, what would you like the identity and foundation for this team to be in the upcoming season? Well... I've I just been hitting them with, with three words constantly, and that's competitiveness, togetherness, and accountability. And I want to get back to competing, getting back to being tough, um, physical. I admire when I hear consistency, right? When I hear it from a player, from a coach, from a general manager, whether it's interviews or press conferences or whatever it is, when you hear them saying the same things, right, answering questions the same way, um, you know, you, you kind of get a sense of, okay, this is really what they believe, but I have a problem with this. Okay. It sounds really familiar. <laughs> Those three words sound very familiar and this approach sounds familiar, right? But I wonder where I've heard it before. <laughs> I wonder where I've heard it before. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. Let me play it for you. Preparedness, a structure on the court. Um, discipline with the way we play and the way we do things and holding guys accountable. Our guys are going to be coached very hard, okay, and they're going to be challenged and they're going to be pushed and coached with the truth. And they're going to be challenged uh, to be at their best. And, um, you know, I look forward to, to seeing our younger guys grow and everybody uh, come together. That's where I've heard it before. Let, let's, let's, let's do a little... Let's give him a little clap, right? I have heard it before. That's Frank Vogel. Okay, that's literally Frank Vogel saying the same things that Darvin Ham is saying. So what is the difference, right? That's the first thing I ask myself because I get it. There's only so many words in the English language that a coach can say when they first get hired or, or when they're asked how they're going to approach the team, and their strategy and all that good stuff, right? I'm aware of that. I'm not saying that every coach has to have some unique, uh, you know, way of saying something that's probably the same thing. But when you hear the same things, it's not good because you're thinking, okay, so why the hell did they fire the last guy? Okay. I mean, it's just like the, the real difference here is that obviously Darvin Ham was an NBA player and Frank Vogel was not, okay? Frank Vogel is just a pure coach, right? That's his experience. He's a head coach. He's been an assistant coach, all that good stuff. Darvin Ham, yes, he's been an assistant coach. Um, and also the more important part about it probably is that he played in the NBA, okay? And so I guess if you want to argue that, like, oh yeah, well, guess what, Vic? At least Darvin Ham played basketball. And not only played, but obviously was part of a championship team when he played, which was the 2004 Detroit Pistons that ironically beat the Lakers in the finals, right? So when he talks about holding guys accountable, they're going to listen, right? And, and well, all right, I guess we'll wait and see, right? But I just, wanna, I just wanted to show you guys these clips because... I pay attention to these things and I do the research, 
when things sound familiar to me, when I'm trying to, to get a gauge of what it is the, that my team is getting, right? And, and I want to move on with the next topics on this episode, but I just wanted to play that little, just give you guys a little gem, right? In case you guys never really heard uh, the same strategy from two different coaches that come to the Lakers, right? And maybe strategy is a bad word because clearly these guys are going to have different strategies. I mean, I guess, approach, right? Just the things that they're saying in their in their introductory press conferences or, or you know, when they're being asked what, what is going to change and what they're going to bring to the team. Because strategy is more detailed, right? That, that's totally different. So maybe strategy isn't the right word, but you get what I mean. And for any of you guys that want to you know, get a nice little glimpse of Darvin Ham as a person and as a coach. Um, I recommend you listen to that or watch that uh, on the All the Smoke. Um, I personally liked the All the Smoke interview much more than the Vince Carter show. Obviously, number one, because the audio quality is just much better. You know, they're in studio. They're actually in person sitting side by side. And basically, Darvin Ham talks about, obviously, his expectations with the Lakers. He talks about his tough life growing up, um, you know, definitely a touching story. Um, and he talks about the championship with Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously as an assistant coach, uh, like I said before, the 2004 Pistons NBA Finals. You know, you kind of get a good sense of the guy that's coming in to coach the Lakers. And look, I don't want to sound like I'm attacking Darvin Ham because I don't think I've said anything to disrespect him. Um, I always am going to wish well for a coach, especially starting a new job. Um, my thing is I just don't like hearing the same things and, and because it, it just doesn't make sense because if, if we're hearing the same things, well, then why did we let go of someone that kind of promised the same things? And I guess on the other end, you can say, well, a lot of guys promise things and they don't do them. Right. So that's a solid argument. You know, maybe Frank Vogel had the same plan, had the same approach, and he didn't even really practice that approach. But I will say this. He won a championship with those Lakers. Now, you want to say it was in the bubble. You want to say it was a Mickey Mouse Disney ring that they won. Fine. You know that that's you know, that can always be an argument. But at the end of the day, they won a championship with Frank Vogel. OK. And, you know, this guy. Clearly, he has a good, big, he has a big heart, you know, he, he seems like a tough guy, he seems pretty real, pretty authentic, so at the end of the day, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with that, but that's enough Laker content, um, I'm going to go ahead and move on, let's go on to the next topic, and that topic is James Harden, right, um, signs a two-year deal with a player option in that second year. Right. And if you heard if you've heard the podcast before, if you've heard me on that Miami Heat special episode with Mario that joined me as a guest, we talked about what we thought was going to happen. I predicted that James Harden would most likely sign like a two year deal with a player option. And it's exactly what we got right now. uh, James Harden's reasoning for taking a, a, you know, a cheaper deal was to help with the cap flexibility to help. um, What's his name? Daryl Morey. Right to help Daryl Morey um, kind of build more pieces around James Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, right? So you know that's something that I'll be looking out for. You know what what are the Sixers gonna look like? What's James Harden gonna look like? 
you know, is he going to be just a playmaking facilitator? Um, is, is, uh, is Tyrese Maxey going to be holding a big responsibility, right? A bigger role. Um, what's going to happen with Tobias Harris, right? That's, that's the really, that's the million dollar question mark that's just sitting on that roster. He has been around every trade rumor possible. You've heard about the interest from the Sacramento Kings. You've heard some Atlanta Hawks rumors circled around Tobias Harris. What's going to happen with Tobias, right? That, that's, that's something that's incredibly interesting because he really gets a lot of the blame. I don't know if, you know, I don't follow the Sixers close enough or the fan base close enough um, to know how the fans feel about Tobias Harris. I feel like there's a love-hate relationship. Same with maybe the common fan that doesn't really watch the Sixers much. I have never really been too much of a fan of Tobias. Um, and you know, I think people are really unfair about how they treat a player or how they talk about a player. It's not Tobias Harris's fault that a franchise wants to max him, right? If a, if a franchise is offering you max money, you're going to take it, right? Whether you think you're worth that money or not right? Or, or whether you play out the, the money, right? Like you, you, you show your value for that, right? So you can't knock a player for taking money. You, you have to knock the franchise for paying money for a player that might not be worth the money, right? So, so you guys got to think about it like that too. You know, it's really easy to just attack, oh, you know, the players stealing money and this and that. Well, the franchises need to do a better job of evaluating the talent, right? Evaluating uh, who it is that they're going to be giving a big chunk of the salary cap to, right? But nonetheless, clearly Tobias Harris is the black sheep in trade rumors, right? On the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I think that moving him is very important to what the Sixers season might be because Clearly, you know, even if they get rid of him, right? Let's say they trade him and they don't get equal value, right? Let's just say they get some draft picks or or they move him for, you know, a role player, right? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know exactly how the trade will look. I don't jump on the trade machines. I don't act like the GM. I don't do things like that, right? I just look around and see what the rumors are, like what what trade packages have been offered and things of that nature, so I think that this is a clear um, addition by subtraction, right? It's just a guy that obviously he's not a ball hog, right? And I'm talking about Tobias Harris. I just feel like it's better suited, obviously, in terms of the salary cap. You can't pay a guy that much money that's not going to give a lot of production, right? You're better off just surrounding James with a 3 and D player, right? Or, or, or uh, Joel Embiid with a three and D player, right? You're better off doing that. Okay. Because it's, it's not a big mouth to feed. It's just someone that's going to fill their role versus I get the sense that Tobias Harris, you know, he, he's not a selfish player. Um, but when big money is involved, you know, sometimes you, you kind of feel like you have to involve a player because of just how much money they're making. That's always a topic of conversation. And so I feel like they need to move on from Tobias. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only person that feels that way. Um, even if it's for less, right? Even if they don't get a lot back for him. Um, because clearly, to me, there needs to be 
uh, a sense of direction. And I'm not seeing that when Tobias is out there. I just, I feel like he's just like the odd man out, right? It's like he has good games and then he has games where you don't, you can't find him, right? And if you're going to get someone like that, just obviously pay less and just get some role guys, right? Or, or man, have some more flexibility in the cap because the money going into that kind of production is just not worth it, clearly. I was doing some digging around because I like to kind of watch some content from sources that cover uh, specific teams, right? Because then I'm able to get a better idea of how people feel about the franchises and things like that. So I'm going to play you a clip. This is from Sports Philadelphia, um, and they're talking exactly about this, right? The offseason blueprint. Is Tobias Harris part of the Sixers problem or the solution? And let's hear it right now. In the playoffs last season, he showed more of a defensive ability than we've really ever seen from him and a willingness to sacrifice and adapt his game following that James Harden trade. Those were some positives, but he only averaged eight, 16 points a game in the Miami series when Embiid was clearly compromised by his injury. So I'm going to ask you a pretty loaded question, and I apologize ahead of time, but I'm still going <laughs> to ask it. Is Tobias Harris part of the issue regarding the Sixers' inability to get past the second round, or is he part of the solution to help them get over the hump, you think? To me, he is the solution. Let me tell you why. Humble. Humble yourself and ego. Those two things. Tobias is paid like a max player. He's paid like a number one guy. So we're judging based on his contract. Unfortunately, that's the way it works in professional sports. But I thought the way he adjusted himself to fit into what the team needed. If he came and like, oh, I need more shots. I need to give things. I need to do this. He said back, you need me to do this? I will do this. You need more, uh, more defensive presence? I will be there. I'm still going to get you 16, 17 points, but I'm not going to get you around 20, 22 points, which y'all need. Because we got James Harden, Maxie's having a career year, and then Joel Embiid. I think he is a solution. Why? Because he's now slotted into the fourth option. Mm. That is a great force op fourth option to have because it's not just about your numbers, your game. It's about your mental approach to helping the team win. And my first thing is he was talking way too fast, right? Sorry that I did not slow that down for you guys, but you guys have the ability to rewind and hear it again and again if you have to. Um, essentially, he is in Tobias Harris's uh, corner, right? He's on Tobias's side, and he clearly believes that there's still uh, a, there's still there's still uh, a fit for Tobias, right? Like he still he still thinks that that he is important to the team and that he is still viable on the roster, right? Now I'm here to disagree with it, um, and purely, you know, I know he said not to knock. A player because of a contract and unfortunately that's how sports works um but the reality is yes he is very highly paid he's making 37 million this season coming up and he's gonna make 39 million next season and if you're gonna average 16 17 points when the playoffs come around and you're gonna have some situations where out of nowhere you're dropping five points uh, you're hard to find, you're not really doing anything for the team in certain points of the games, then yeah, I don't want to see a team pay $40 million to that kind of production or that kind of streaky productivity. And I know the first argument for that is going to be, well, any guy that's on a team sharing the court with James Harden and Joel Embiid <laughs> is going to not average as many points and not see the ball a lot. Fair. 
right? But then if that's the case, then you have to shift it around, right? You need to make some changes. Get guys that are going to give you, if it's half that productivity, but you get a couple more guys that can collectively do it, right? The big knock on the Sixers is the depth, right? It's not really there. That's why they got P.J. Tucker, but they can't be done yet, right? They, they still need to try to acquire some more depth, right? That's going to be the problem because when the minutes start ramping up for James, when the minutes start ramping up for Embiid, um, Tyrese Maxey is still very young, right? He's still a relatively young guy. So expecting him to be the guy to carry the load when these two guys are tired or when they're having a, you know, an off night, um, and it's like the middle of the season, it's a Wednesday night and they're playing a tough team like Miami on the road or whatever it is. Yeah. That's where the depth is going to help get these guys some rest right during key parts of the season. Um, now do I think it can work with Tobias? I guess, but like I said, it's, it's a really big hit to the cap space and it doesn't give much flexibility for depth, right? So that's why I'm in favor of moving Tobias. If that's even possible, right? What team wants, uh, Tobias Harris? I don't know, you know, but clearly we've read some rumors about the Sacramento Kings or the Atlanta Hawks, right? That was a while ago. So who knows what's on the table? So that's going to do it for today's episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Vic Lopez. I may drop a weekend check-in episode because, like I said before, I like to drop a weekend check-in because I know the content can be really slow among other podcasters or YouTube channels or whatever it is. However, I refuse to drop content just to drop it, right? I don't want this podcast to become some watered-down you know, overload of pod episodes just for the sake of, of high volume, right? I'm, I don't want to do that. Um, I want to keep this pod as high quality as possible. If you don't hear from me, I hope you guys have a great weekend and I'll see you guys on the next one.